It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I work as a minister at the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. Every Thursday evening at uh, 7 p.m. and Sunday evenings at 6 p.m., I come online and try to bring you a message from God's Word. And I do pray that you find it to be edifying and uplifting, but more importantly, it's that you find it to be in accordance with the Scriptures. If there is any questions about anything that I say, considering this teaching, then I would advise you to make a comment on Facebook, on YouTube, in the comment section. I do monitor those. Or if you prefer, if you're watch, listening on the radio show or through some other means, such as a podcast, you can call or text 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. And uh, again, I would uh, uh, do my best to try to monitor that. Just keep in mind, I am in the central time zone. If you prefer, you can email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Well, I, again, I'm so thankful that you joined me this evening. I think we're going to have a pretty good lesson. I do, again, uh, pray that you find it to be in accordance with God's Word. Tonight, I want to talk to you about reaching for Jesus. And, of course, you see this woman on this ladder. She's climbing it like she's trying to get to something that she can reach. And I think we can all understand what it means to reach for something. Now, why do I use such language, calling it reaching for Jesus? Well, because it's scriptural. In Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to look at a couple of passages by way of introduction. But in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 25 through 31, uh, this was after Jesus had fed the, the 5,000 men besides women and children with the uh, five loaves of bread and the two fish. And he had sent his disciples across the sea while he had uh, spent uh, that evening alone in prayer. But uh, they had a problem getting across because the winds were against them. There was storming. And so what they end up finding out was that uh, Jesus is going to come walking to them on the water. He's able to catch up with them. So let's we'll start reading there in chapter 14, starting in verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, the reason I use that is this story is to show that, you know, Peter needed salvation. 
Now, we're not talking about his soul at this point. We're talking about his flesh. He was afraid he was going to drown in the sea. But Jesus made an effort to save him. He reached out to take his hand. So he made an effort to save him. Now, there are those today that try to make out the fact that we don't even have to make an effort to be saved by Jesus. But the Lord did make such effort. And then when we read in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1, we see that effort, there's effort also expected of ourselves. Notice what the writer says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. So if we're going to try to save our souls, if we want to go to heaven and be with Jesus, then that is something we're going to have to strive to do. We have to reach. Um, anymore, it's hard for me to pick something off the floor. I don't like bending over. It's, 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 it's slow. I'll get there, but it's not as fast it was, as it was when I was younger. Uh, I have to be able to reach it. And so the muscles need a little time to kind of loosen up as they move down toward the floor. Uh, but reaching for it then takes effort. And I think you understand that. Well, in this case also, we can see that if we're going to reach for something, there's going to be effort that's expected on our part, just as there was effort by Jesus in trying to save us. You know, he, he came to this world and not uh, living the life of a, a rich man. He came as a son of a carpenter, and he lived a very humble life. And so he worked hard trying to save us. He made every effort trying to uh, do what he can do in order to save man. Well, likewise, we need to do what we can do in order to be with Jesus and enter into his rest. So this evening, that's what we're going to talk about. In reaching for Jesus, there's some steps that we have to put forth an effort to do. Now, it's something we're going to have to work at, but it's things that we need to do in order to be able to enter that rest. Now, there's four points I want us to talk about. If we do these four points, I think we'll be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, on that last day. Now. The first point that I want us to look at is that we have to look for Jesus. And this is something that the Bible makes very clear. This is something, again, that we have to make an effort in doing. In John chapter 5, and verse 39 through 40, Jesus made this point to the Jews. He goes, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Now, he's talking to them about searching the scriptures, but we also have to search the scriptures as well, because they do, as Jesus says, they do bear witness of Jesus. They tell us who Jesus is. They explain what Jesus likes, what he doesn't like, what he is like. But we have to actually look to the scriptures. We have to search the scriptures. And that takes effort on our part. That is a work that we have to do. And again, that's it's something that everybody just has to pick up their Bible and start doing. But you can't afford to just take someone's word for it. 
because you can be a, a, some, a blind person following a blind leader. And what did Jesus say about that? Both are going to walk off the cliff. You need to be responsible for yourself and make sure you're looking to Jesus. And in so doing, you're going to be looking in the Bible. You're going to search the scriptures to find out what you can about Jesus and what he expects of you. Now, in Luke chapter 7, we see another group of men who were looking for Jesus. And the answer of Jesus is, is very revealing. In Luke chapter 7, verse 20 through 23, John the Baptist sent a couple of his disciples to Jesus. And I want you to notice what they said when they got to Jesus and his response. He says, when the men had come to him, starting in verse 20 of Luke 7, when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In other words, they were looking for Jesus. Now, in that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he, being Jesus, answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. Now, what had they seen? They had seen those very things that had been prophesied in the scriptures that we just talked about in the Old Testament scriptures about him. He was fulfilling those very things that had been prophesied. And then uh, he goes into detail through verse 23. He says, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. Blessed are the one who is not offended by me. So these are the very things that Jesus was doing. These were the things that they saw. And if they had been searching the scriptures, then they would know. And John the Baptist would know. So if they go back to John the Baptist and they say, this is what we had seen, it doesn't matter what Jesus said. Jesus could have said, yeah, I'm, I'm the Christ. It wouldn't matter. He could go to John the Baptist, who had searched the scriptures, and just tell him what they saw, and John the Baptist is going to know exactly who he is. And that's the way we should be able to identify Jesus as well, is by seeing that he fulfilled Old Testament prophecies by looking. We look at what is recorded by four different witnesses about the works of Jesus Christ, and then we see how they're, they, they fulfill prophecy. But in order for us to do that before our faith can be established, as Romans 10, 17 says, we actually have to look. And so that's very important that we do that. Now, in so doing, when we look for Jesus, it doesn't just stop there. Once we're convinced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and as we're going to talk later, we obey his will, we start thinking about when he will return, because we need to be looking for that. And I'm not talking about the type of looking where you're looking up into the sky every single day. I mean that you're living your life thinking he could come at any minute. I better mind my P's and Q's. In other words, I need to be a good steward. I need to be a steward, as in the parable of the talents, I need to be like the man that had five talents or the man who was given two talents. I better be taking care of business instead of like the man who had one talent, who went and buried it. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 28, we read, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and those who look for him 
he shall appear the second time without sin to salvation. Those who look for him, in other words, those who are living their life expecting his return, those are the people who are going to be saved. So if you want to reach for Jesus, you're going to have to look for him. I think that's quite apparent in the scriptures, something that has to be done. Now, the second point that we're going to talk about when we're talking about reaching for Jesus is you got to listen to the things he has to say. Jesus came to teach, and listening is something that's very important. Uh, I learned that from my father when I used to work for him as a young man. He uh, taught me a lesson about listening one time, uh, the difference between listening and hearing. I was his saw man on a, uh, a carpentry crew, and he was yelling up measurements, and, of course, I kept throwing the blocks down to him, and, and he was in the basement, and, then of course, he kept saying that the blocks were wrong, and uh, I told him they were correct, and he finally came up, and he measured it in front of me and showed me. I was busy talking to somebody. I heard what he said, but I wasn't listening to what he said, and I had the measurements wrong. So listening to Jesus is very important. You have to listen, not only hearing, but making sure you're listening to the one who has the proper authority, and that is Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 3, after uh, uh, Peter <coughs> excuse me, had healed the lame man, uh, of course, everybody who had seen that were just amazed. And what did uh, uh, we're going to pick up in verse 22, uh, where M Peter was addressing the Jews and making his speech? He says, Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. And he said, You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. Now that's quoted from Deuteronomy 18, verse 15 through 19. But it goes to show you that we are expected to listen to the words of Jesus Christ. And that's who this is talking about. Uh, he would be that prophet. And again, if we want to enter into his rest, we have to listen to him. In Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5, that section of Scripture is dealing with the, the transfiguration of Jesus when he was transfigured and uh, Moses and Elijah, who were her, their time on this earth had passed, but uh, uh, the Lord allowed them to appear before uh Jesus, and uh, they were speaking uh, about the Lord's business. And of course, Peter, James, and John were down there, and they were thinking they needed to build a tabernacle after each one of them. And the father heard this, and he was not happy with them. And uh, out, of a, out of a cloud, uh, there was a voice that came out and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And then he said this, listen to him. In other words, it wasn't their place to think they could come up with a way to be able to please God. It was Jesus who would tell them how they can please God, but they needed to listen to him. They needed to listen to the things that he was going to be teaching. And then in John 10, verse 14 through 16, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and I bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. 
You see how important it is for us to listen to Jesus? Yes, it's not enough just to think you know Jesus. You have to listen to what he has to say. And so again, we have to pick up the Bible. Uh, we have to see what the Bible has to say because that's where Jesus communicates with us. Um, it's so very important that we're able to do this. I heard somebody kind of joking lately. It was, it was a kind of a joke that what they uh, they said they wanted to hear God speak to them. And uh, someone told them, a preacher told them, you pick up your Bible and read it. And he says, no, I want to hear him audibly speak. And uh, the preacher goes, okay. He goes, uh, read out loud. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Uh, but it, it's true. If we want to hear what God has to say to us, we have to pick up the Bible. We have to listen. And that's how we listen to Jesus. We hear his instructions as recorded to us in the New Testament. So we have to look for Jesus when we're reaching for him. That's an effort. We have to listen to him. Again, that's, that's going to take effort. You're going to have to pick up the Bible and blow off the dust and open the pages and start reading. But that's not enough just to hear. You have to obey. You have to obey those things you're going to learn about when you're reading the Bible. Now, a few passages I want us to look at. And another time when there was a storm that took place and Jesus got into the boat was in Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27. It says, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep, meaning Jesus. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? Isn't that something? The winds and the sea obey him. But that's not the only thing that obeys Jesus. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 23 through 27, we find some other uh, creation that uh, obeyed Jesus. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him, and they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. So we can see that even the unclean spirits obey Jesus. We know that nature obeys Jesus. Well, who doesn't obey Jesus? Well, unfortunately, that just leaves one other uh, aspect of creation, and that's man. And many times man does not obey Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, uh, Jesus makes it very clear uh, through the writer of Hebrews that uh, he is the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him, not those who just hear him and not those who just look for him, but for those who obey. And so we have to do all three. Uh, it's not enough just to hear. 
we have to obey. We have to know what we need to do, and then we have to go do it. And if we do that, then yes, we truly are reaching for Jesus. Why? Because we're making an effort. We are extending ourselves, trying to do what we can in order to get to heaven. And our last and final point, and that is we have to love Jesus. And that's, you know, easier said than done. There's a lot of reasons why to love him. But again, loving Jesus is going to take a lot of practice. It's going to take a lot of spiritual development. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 28 through 31, this is a passage I think many of you probably know from the heart. It says, one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbors yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Well, I, you know, personally, I find this to be the hardest thing in the Bible to be able to obey. I have to put the Lord first with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, with all my heart. That takes practice. That takes effort. That means you're going to have to put off worldliness. Uh, again, that goes back to baptism in Romans chapter 6. That old man of sin was supposed to be put to death, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 teaches, you know, we have to transform our minds. In other words, we have to learn how to be holy and practice being holy uh, because this love of God has to be developed in our lives, and it's something that we really have to work at. But the second one, that's the one that he says is likened to this, you shall love your neighbors yourself. So in other words, you, you can't love the Lord with all your heart and soul and your mind and your strength if you don't love your neighbor as yourself. Now that gets pretty difficult because we know we're supposed to pray for our enemies, do good for our enemies. Uh, you know, that's, that's completely opposite of what we knew as a worldly person. As a worldly person, we would seek revenge. Uh, vengeance is what we would want. Uh, we'd want to avenge ourselves, but that is not what we see taking place. And, and then in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen was being stoned, uh, I made this comment this morning on Berean spirits that you, know, you would think he'd be calling out for vengeance as he's about to die, because he was dying unjustly. They were stoning him, and he didn't deserve it. But what did he do? He cried out to the Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And the same thing that Jesus was crying out for. And we need to make sure that we are doing what we can for our neighbor. And that that's that takes effort. That takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of practice. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. It's something you have to reach for, but it is something that's possible for you to do. And it's something that the Lord will help you with, but you're going to have to make forth an effort in order to be able to do that. 
First John 5, verse 1 through 3 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever's been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Yes, we have to obey the good and the bad. We can't be just obeying the ones that we like and then tearing out the ones we don't like. Uh, we have to be willing to obey all the commands because that is how we show God that we love him. And again, it's going to take an effort on our part. It's a way of reaching for Jesus, but we can do it. If it wasn't possible, then Jesus would have told us so, but it is possible. And so we can do this. It's just something, again, that's going to take a lot of work. And when we're thinking about that type of love, Paul made it very clear in Romans 8, verse 35. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And what he what he's talking about is, is there anything, is there any trial in life that's going to keep you from trying to please the one whom you love with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit? No. And since you love his creation, since you love those others whom he made, uh, you're going to do all that you can to help them get to heaven. And so that's why Paul said what he said. Uh, we can't allow worldliness to separate us from the love of Christ. We can't allow tribulation to separate us. We can't allow these things. We can't allow persecution such as what Stephen faced in Acts 7 to separate us from the love of Christ because love is something that we have to learn Love is something that we have to practice. That's something we have to grow in. But if we're putting forth that effort, we can get better at it. And in so doing, we'll be reaching for Jesus. And that's something that we can and should do. So the four steps in reaching for Jesus. You're going to have to look for him. You're going to have to try to find out from the scriptures what the scriptures teach. Uh, regarding Jesus. Is he really the Son of God? Can, if someone came to you and asked you if you can take the Bible and prove that Jesus is the Son of God, can you do it? Because if you can't, how do you know it yourself? You're going to have to look for Jesus. You're going to have to be uh, convinced, uh, and then you're going to have to listen to him. Once you're convinced, then you're going to have to listen to what he had to say because you know that third point is you got to obey him. You can't obey what you don't know. So obeying Jesus is something that you're going to have to listen to him so that you can do it. And why do you do all these things? Because you love him. Because you love what he did. You love what he stands for. You love who he is. And again, how do you, how do you love someone if you don't know him? And the only way you're going to know Jesus is by looking for him. All right. That's the lesson. I hope you found it to be encouraging, and I pray that you find it uplifting. If you would, share it with other people. Give us a like, and uh, let's make sure that other people can benefit from this as well. 
Pierre, we're in Kearney, Missouri. Hey, why don't you come and uh, meet with the church there? We meet at 406 North Clark every Sunday morning for Bible study at 930, 1030 for worship. And uh, if you need directions to the church, go to CarneyChurch.com and you can find out everything you need to uh, to know. You know, I noticed our uh, starting time uh, is not on the website. I don't know why that's not, but uh, I'll be putting those on here real shortly. But uh, everything else seems to be there. You can always reach out to me uh, by calling me if you need to. The number's on the website, and I'll I'll do what I can to get you there. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like them, tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And they do stream their signal. So if you're outside of Kearney and you still want to listen, you can stream it on your mobile device. Uh, this is now podcast. And I know it's on Spotify and various other formats. If it's not on the format you use, reach out to me and I'll see if I can't get it on there. But look for us on Spotify. If you got Spotify and you can hear more lessons like this. Brian Spirits, which is also on Spotify, by the way, but Brian Spirits is a, a, a internet show I'm a part of with a few other preachers. And it airs every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. We did that this morning and uh, it was a good show. Um, it uh, uh, You can take part in that by going to carneychurch.com, pressing on the Facebook, YouTube, and the Berean Spirits app. And you can make comments if you're watching live, uh, or you can uh, watch past episodes. Or again, you know, it's in podcast format, so you can listen uh, whenever you want to download it. Okay, that's all I have for you tonight. Uh, Lord willing, I'll come to you again this Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Until then, remember... This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.